All right, cool. So this episode is trash. Complete trash. Utter garbage. Total trash. It's a trash bear. I have a cousin. Her name is Ellie. She's five years old. Hi, Ellie. Hi. How's it going? Good. Do you want to sit right there? Yeah. So this is my microphone. It looks funny, huh? Yeah, like the... It's like the troll hair from the when from trolls. <laughs> yeah, it is like troll hair, huh? <laughs> yeah. What they actually call them? They call them dead cats. That's kind of sad, huh? Actually, I think it's because it's from cat. Like they killed cats and got all the fur off of them and put. And put it on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you picked the right person to talk to about trash if she's talking about killing cats. <laughs> yep. Are you ready to answer some questions? Yeah. I might, I might not do all of them, but I might do some of them. She was a little nervous about, uh, about answering questions. All right. So the first question is, what is your name? Ellie. Ellie. And how old are you? F- five. You're five? Uh-huh. How's being five? Um, it's fun. You like being five? Yeah. Good. I have some questions about trash. What's your favorite candy bar? Um, I would say an Oreo candy bar. So you open your Oreos and you have some trash. Where do you put it? In the trash. Okay, so you put it in the trash can. And then what happens to the trash once you put it in the trash can? You, once it gets really full, you take it out to the, to the big trash cans, dump it in, and then you put it in the road. And when the, when the truck comes, it picks it up and puts all the trash, and a little metal thing shreds up and makes it so it's just tiny little pieces and crumbs of trash. Then what do they do with those trash crumbs? Where do they take them? They take them to the dump. Then they, then it stays there forever. Forever? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the person that comes and takes your trash and grinds it up, what do they do? What's their job? To go to people's houses and pick trash up and put it in the back of their truck. Okay. With their, with the little thing that picks up trash cans and just dumps it in. There's a button maybe that you just press it and it just hands it up. <laughs> It's a trash bear. <laughs> so, when I was a kid, I remember, like, the trash getting picked up was the coolest part of my week. Like, I would make my mom wake me up at 6.30. School started at, like, 9, so I didn't even need to be up. I would wake up at 6.30 and get ready just so I could go sit out on our porch for, like, 45 minutes waiting for the trash truck. The trash to... truck. That's right. awesome. Because it was just, like, the coolest thing. It, like, rolls up, and it's, like, this giant robotic arm comes out and, like, grabs the trash and then, like, dumps it in the back of this truck and I'm just like oh my gosh this is so cool it's so awesome and like I don't know why I thought it was cool it was just awesome I mean (laughs) I mean like now as an adult I look at it I'm like oh that is such cool engineering and so cool but as a kid I'm not thinking like oh that's so impressive that some man like engineered this I'm just thinking This is a cool thing that happens every week. So how many garbage people do you think there are? Um, 
I would say a lot. Yeah? Yeah. Like 10? Maybe, maybe 11. 11? Yeah. Okay, that, that would be a lot. Ellie gives us an awesome description about kind of encapsulating the idea of how much trash there actually is. Even everything that you have, but not crackers and stuff, but everything that's wrapped, the outside of it is trash. And everything that's in boxes and stuff, the boxes are trash. So uh-huh. pretty much a lot of things are trash. Yeah, there is lots of trash. Oh my gosh. Right? Like, <laughs> almost How did I not everything. think about it like that? Almost Anything that you consume, anything you buy, there's there's trash associated with it. That's crazy. Right? This is... My mind is being blown. I, I Right? Like, I never thought about that. I mean, so, I live in a house. I have five roommates. You know, so, six guys. And I'm pretty sure we all have Prime memberships because there are always Amazon Prime cardboard boxes stacked outside our house or in the bin. And it's, our bin is always full every week, just six people. Is there something, do you think somebody could come up with something better so that there's not as much trash? Okay, so this is like, this is something that as adults, we, this is what we're always confronted with, right? How can we make it better? How can we lessen our impact? How can we improve X, Y, and Z? Our Almost our entire adult lives are dedicated to bettering Bettering something, bettering the lives of our families, bettering our community, uh, bettering the world. I don't know. Maybe buy less food. Buy less food? Yeah. That would make less trash. So did you know that in the United States, about 40% of all food produced is not even consumed and goes to waste? It just goes bad and gets thrown away? Yeah. Whether because like we made too much casserole at dinner so we throw away a third of it or that head of lettuce that you said i'm going to be healthy and finally eat just sits in your fridge until it's dead i mean i'm i'm not i don't love we gold leftovers but I, that's a that's a that would be a significant way you said 40 percent. 40 percent. that would be a significant way to decrease not just food waste but like ellie said to reduce our trash yeah if you can imagine, like, I don't know how much of trash is food, but I would have to imagine that it's probably around 50%. Sure. So that's a 20% decrease in trash if we just only bought what we ate. Yeah. To start figuring out where our trash went, I decided to start with our trash bag. My roommates told me he comes at 8 o'clock, but he comes a lot earlier than that. Well, the trash came today, but it comes pretty early. I was up, but uh, I missed him. When I was finally able to catch him, I set up a time to meet with him and talk to him. What's your name? My name is Jacob Phipps. I work for Provo City Sanitation. Okay, and what do you do for the sanitation department? I'm an apprentice driver. I just drive the garbage trucks around and pick up garbage. And you do that every day? Every day. Jacob works 10-hour days, Monday through Thursday, but he's not the only one that drives the trucks. So he drives the trash truck, and he is one of seven 
drivers. There are only seven drivers that cover the entirety of this city. And it's a big city. There's a university here. Right? Wait. So Ellie was high? Yes. She highballed it. She said she said 11, which is a lot. But yeah, seven drivers. One person comes in on Friday, and their job is to do what they call, like, makeup pickups. And so during the week, if you miss your trash run, you didn't get your trash can out to the curb in time, or maybe you just have a, a lot of trash, and so you need a second pickup, you call in, and through the week, they get those calls, and it compiles into a list. And then on Fridays, when someone volunteers to come in and pick up the handful of cans that they miss. Each day of the work week, these drivers cover a certain quadrant of the city. Each driver has specific routes assigned to them, so they're always driving the same routes. If you happen to finish your route a little bit faster, depending on what day it is, you've gotten it down to a certain time, then you can go, you call in. Each truck is equipped with a radio. We go out and help each other okay. so that everyone's finished around the same time. Sure. So like I said, the trash man comes to my house pretty early. He comes at 6.30. And that's because the workday starts at 6 a.m. So you're at the very beginning of his workday. Yes. Yeah. Which would be, which explains why I missed him so many times. City ordinance dictates that all the cans be out no later than 6 a.m. Okay. on the day they're scheduled to be pick up, picked up. They can be out 24 hours beforehand. That's why we tell everyone, oh, if you're you think we're missing you or you feel like you're being missed on a regular basis, put your can out the night before. Sure. You don't have to worry about it. We'll get there, you know, when we get there. But our route, we leave the yard at 6 a.m. And what time do you get to, to work to start working? We clock in at 5.30. 5.30. So I get up at about quarter after four every day. <laughs> so to me, driving a trash truck around all day would be kind of kind of boring. I just could not stand sitting in a car for that long. So I was curious as to what Jacob enjoyed about his job. You get to be in a truck all by yourself for yeah, most of the day. Just nice air-conditioned truck doing the same thing over and over every day. I mean, you can listen to music, audiobooks. You, you're, you're with your thoughts. Yeah. For me, that's kind of nice. So one of the things that I thought was interesting is that Jacob said there's certain things that you can't put into your trash can. And so some of the things he mentioned were like car parts. So not just car batteries, but also the metal, the scrap metal that comes from the car. You can't put in construction or demolition materials. So like leftover glass or tile, as well as concrete. Um, you can't put in grease, oil, other toxic chemicals, um, you also can't put in dirt or rocks, any biohazard. So that's human or animal, uh, parts or waste, um, which wait, so diapers can't go in the trash. What I was thinking when he said human waste, I was like, wait a minute, you can't throw diapers into the trash can because I always thought you could throw away just like whatever you could fit in there. Right. Right. What else here? Batteries, I imagine, like car batteries? Yep, car batteries aren't allowed. Those have to be taken separately to the same place, the transfer station. They then send it to a facility that treats that sort of stuff. Okay. So there's a place that he called, that Jacob called the transfer station. And that's where they go, and it's kind of a, a halfway point, I guess, where they take the truckloads of trash 
and they take it to the dump. Um, they also have the connections and the facilities to handle other types of waste that can't actually go in commercial trash bins um, or you know the various things that are dangerous to dispose of or need special processing. Mm-hmm. I asked Jacob what one thing he would share with the world. You are not the only resident that we pick up. There are, how much is it? I think 13, 12, 1300 cans on average a day wow. that we pick up. You know, Total or you? Per, per route, okay. there's anywhere from 900 to 1200 cans. So his, the one thing that he wanted to share with the world was that, yes, you're not the only person. Yes, it's the trucks are, what are they considered? Fully automatic, meaning it's one guy with one joystick okay. is able to operate the whole truck by himself day to day. So it's a joystick in there that you... Yes, there's a little joystick. Like there's, a couple, there's a couple of buttons that <laughs> open and close the cloth, push the arm out and in, and then up and down. Okay. And then in order to pack as much trash as we can, there's another button that operates a packer that smushes all the trash into the body of the truck throughout okay. the day. So after the truck compresses all the trash, it makes more room, but of course it doesn't make it bottomless. Eventually the truck does fill up. And so I was curious as to how many cans he could empty on a single truckload. I, I figured maybe it was, I don't know, like a certain number of streets. Cause when I, like I think of mowing the lawn, I have to empty the lawn bag. We have a my parents have a decently sized lawn and it takes, I mean, it takes about an hour and a half to edge and mow it. Mm-hmm. And I have to empty that bag 10 times probably. So I figured the trash truck would be about the same, but he said that it's about two loads. So they go empty the truck once in the middle of the day and then once at the end. I feel like that's not enough trash because if you think about it, so you have seven trucks going four days a week that's so 28 like routes and each route takes two loads so that's only 56 loads in these trucks for an entire city only 56 truckloads yeah which doesn't seem like a lot but we get into the numbers a little bit later and the numbers are pretty astounding which makes the fact that it only takes two truckloads like pretty impressive it makes the trucks seem impressive okay because of the amount of trash that they can handle in just those two loads on average you're dumping twice for black cans just regular garbage and then you do your whole route again and you're able to pick it all up in one go for recycling okay so i was mistaken it's two loads of trash and then they also do recycling so three loads okay did that sound sound right to you yeah it still feels like a really small amount, though. Right, yeah. That's less than 100 loads. There's a whole bunch of different types of garbage cans. You wouldn't even think that there would be, but there's you know, different companies, different industries make different cans, and the city buys whoever happens to be the lowest bid for okay. that you know, given year. But most of the cans, I believe, are 97-gallon cans. The transfer station weighs your truck, so then they can build a city. Uh, Nine tons. Nine tons of trash per day. Seven to nine tons. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to crunch those numbers for you. He said 
there's between 900 and 1,200 cans per route. Okay. So I'm going to average that out and say it's about 1,000 cans per route. Remember, he said there's seven routes per section of the city, right? And right. there's four sections of the city. and But in a given day, they do seven routes. And on those routes, they have 100-gallon cans. So 1,000 cans, seven routes with 100 gallons per can, that's 700,000 gallons of trash per day. 700,000. Yeah, that's the volume of the trash. 700,000 gallons of trash. I feel like we need to say that in a more relatable number. Right. It's like 700,000 milk jugs. (laughs) (laughs) But really, that is just over one Olympic swimming pool of trash. The cans are measured in gallons, but like you said, they pack the trucks full, and when they go and they deliver it to the transfer station, they weigh the trucks. So it's how heavy the trash is. Nine tons? Nine tons of trash per day. Seven to nine tons. Wow. Per load. That's twice. Oh, wow. And seven trucks. 18 tons of garbage times seven trucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 18 tons times... Seven. Do you have the number on that? Yes. So Jacob said that each load that they drop off is about seven to nine tons. So we'll say eight tons. They do two loads per day. That's Actually, that's three if you count recycling, but we'll say two. Two loads per day, and there's seven trucks that do that. So eight times two times seven. That's 112 tons every day. For the city? Yes, just for the city. And they do that four times a week. So add that all up. That's a million pounds of trash in a week. (laughs) Okay, this is getting big. Yes. So if you count that up through the year, assuming that trash production stays constant, that's 52 million pounds per year. That is a lot of pounds. It's, it's like hard to comprehend how much that is. Right, right. So 52 million pounds. Well, a school bus weighs like 2,200 pounds. Okay. So that's 2,400 school buses a year. Like two two and a half thousand school buses? Yeah. And that's for a city of 115,000 people. It's not that much. No. It's just like. I mean, it's just suburbia here. That's 1% the size of New York, roughly. (laughs) Oh my gosh, where does it go? After my interview with Jacob, I reached out to a transfer station and got a hold of a man named Roger Harper. It's not the transfer station that Jacob goes to, but I was able to set up an interview so Cameron could go and meet with Roger. So Roger is the general supervisor. He's in charge of the plant as a whole. I also met with a man by the name of Mark Mulling. He is a ground foreman. He interacts with the workers themselves. Both these men are super cool and super awesome and were incredibly helpful in helping us learn what happens to our trash. So um, 
I asked Roger, what is a transfer station? Well, the garbage comes here. Okay. And it gets dumped onto a floor. A transfer station is just what it says. It's a transfer station. It comes here, and then it leaves here and goes to a landfill. And the whole purpose of a transfer station is to take a seven-ton load of garbage and dump it into a bigger trailer that can haul 40 tons to go to the landfill. It's, more econo it's for economic reasons. You can haul 40 ton at a time versus a seven ton Provo City truckload, for example. Did you get to see the trucks? Yeah, so those trucks, they're like two big semi-truck loads, what they are. Okay, so it's like they're trailers. Yeah, they're trailers, and okay. they'll travel. There's, like he's about, to, like he says, there's two um, dumps that they go to. Okay. These dumps are like 40 miles away is one of them and 75 for the other. So it's like, can you imagine driving a dump truck 75 miles, go dump it actually in the dump and then come back? Right. The fewer times you have to dump, it seems like that would be better. Right, right. This was just one of the transfer stations for the area. They cover 12 different cities. So I asked him, like, how many trucks do they actually deal with? We ship about 20 loads a day, big truck loads a day, so times that by seven. You know, um, 140, 150 of the commercial trucks, plus we the residents bring their garbage here too. Every day we'll do about uh, 350 to 400 transactions. Okay. So we have about 400 customers a day that come here. On Saturdays, it's upwards of 800 customers we get on a Saturday. Wow. So we get a lot of visitors Cow. on Saturdays. Yeah. Eight. 800 customers a day? Yeah, so that's 800 customers, not 800 dump trucks, 800, like, individual people who come to, like, they are bringing in a trailer and they just need to dump whatever it is. Right, yeah. Still, though, that's, I mean, that's a lot of, that's a lot of throughput. That, for any business, that's great if you have 800 customers a day. Yeah. Um, so, remember we talked about what materials they do and don't take? Right, right. So, it's actually not quite as complicated as we were told okay we actually have a, a house we call it a household hazardous waste collection site mm -hmm. so there's not really anything that we do not take here anymore we separate it when it comes so when he's saying that they take care of those those things that jacob said that we can't put in the cans that's he's not saying that they sort that out of like commercial garbage cans right but we do we call them random inspections of loads that come in mm -hmm. to make sure that everything that comes in is acceptable to come here. We do about 2% of what we get every day. So, yeah. We were He was talking about people putting things like batteries in their trash when they're obviously not supposed to or putting demolition material in their trash. Do you guys have a way of dealing with that here? Well, batteries, car batteries are Ill illegal, should not be in the garbage. Right. If we see them, we pull them out. Construction, demolition stuff, they don't like it in there, but it's it's not illegal to put in there. Okay, so it sounds more like that the restrictions that Jacob was talking about in the cans is more for the trucks themselves, because he did mention that the, the trucks are pretty strong, but the hydraulics will give out at a certain point, so putting heavy stuff in there can affect that right and there's also the issue so they they split their garbage up more or less four ways they have green waste they have like normal commercial trash they have recycling and then they have construction slash concrete 
And the thing is, the normal trash has to go to a special dump that has a environmental liner. So, oh, okay. like, they dig out this pit and then they put a liner in so sure. that anything doesn't seep into the groundwater. And they actually aren't supposed to take trash that's wet because of that, just, like, as an extra precaution. Sure. While the construction material, it doesn't seep like that. And so they can send it to a different dump that's cheaper. Okay. So because it's like, they don't have to line that one. Yeah, they don't have Among to line that other one. other things, I'm sure. Yeah. And so, like, it's not that huge of a deal to put construction waste into like the normal lined dump it's just more expensive gotcha so remember how we weren't sure about diapers yeah yeah i asked him okay perfect it's human human bile stuff we don't take okay so that brings us to like this very confusing question he was like we can't take any bio waste we immediately thought diapers what in the world no, happens with diapers? That's not bio okay. waste. That's not bio waste. He's talking about medical waste. Okay. Biomedical, like ro- contaminated robes and all that stuff that's generated at a at a hospital. They have okay. to, they have to take care of that garbage separately. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That I mean that makes more sense. Right. Yep. And so the thing is, when they do dispose of like waste like that. Like, there is actually an issue that can arise about, like, radiation. Oh, yeah. It sets off a detector. Well, if you recall right, when we first started shipping out to the new landfill in in Tooele County, every truckload that we sent set off their Geiger counter because it was bringing, we were shipping uh, sewer sludge from Orem City. A Geiger counter, that's the same thing that they use to detect, like, nuclear weapons. Right. So, yeah, scan over it. So Roger said that a person who has just had chemo, so you have one of those. Oh, sure, they're full of radiation. Yeah, all it takes is one out of 40,000 people to have just taken chemo or be in chemo and will set off a Geiger counter. Wow. Yeah. So they're pretty sensitive. They're super sensitive. And they have to be extra cautious when they're dealing with that radiation because they need to they they basically have to have a ledger that says oh this radiation is coming from sewer sludge so it's like okay but if they're getting radiation from just about anything else somebody might be making a homemade nuclear bomb here in provo (laughs) wow actually we accept the animals here okay you do we do because they have to have some place to go right and so we do accept them here and they're not they're not considered hazardous waste. Wait, what? They'll take they'll take dead animals? Yeah, they take dead animals. Because they do have to go somewhere. They aren't like <laughs> what happens in the environment? An animal dies and they just go and, and they sit there. Yeah, but that's so funny. So if if your pet dies and you don't want to bother burying it, you can put it <laughs> that is terrible. You can put it in the trash can. You can't put it in the trash can. That's oh. still illegal, but you can take it to the dump and they'll take it off your hands. Okay, you can take it to the transfer station. Right, and they'll take it off your hands for however much it weighs. Well, that seems more acceptable. You can have kind of a, a wake yeah. as you travel to the transfer station to right. drop Right, a wake to the fluffy. transfer station to give them <laughs> your dead animal. The plant, the transfer station started out as a dump until about 23, 24 years ago. They ran out of space, so they converted it to a transfer station. And... Like I said, they deal with all these different, like, things. You have your normal waste, which is 
pretty that's that's the easiest to deal with they, and then they just push it down into a shaft goes into the trucks and then the trucks drive off to wherever they're going okay so it's sort of like a trash hopper so the trucks are beneath and they just dump it and it all falls down into the trailer yeah but instead of like a hopper it's an entire warehouse with a hole in the bottom wow so it's big it's a huge hopper yeah we're talking we're talking it's probably about the size of two football fields enclosed that that split up into two different kinds of like indoor storage stations so that's where they dump their recycling and that's where they dump their like commercial trash dang right man i'm bummed i couldn't go out there <laughs> yeah it was i mean it was super cool so they deal with recycling in interesting ways like cardboard is actually one of the big things they get i'm sure you can imagine all those amazon prime boxes yeah. just like growing and growing and the, do they do they handle the recycling as well as the trash do they have the facilities to take care of that they do, they do like some mild sorting. They do their best to pull out the metal. Okay. And then that gets shipped off to a plant in North Salt Lake where they actually properly sort out all the metals and do all that to deal with it, whatever they do up there. Sure. For recycling. Um, interesting enough, they actually have a level of recycling they can do for hazardous chemicals. Oh, interesting. We got to meet Steve. He's kind of the guy in charge of hazardous chemicals. Okay, Steve. This, this is Steve, he's our uh, household hazardous uh, person. Hello. Hi. This is uh, oil. flammable liquids, oh. that's antifreeze, that's oil. Uh, some of these are, that's flam tox, flammable toxic substances, uh, paint thinner and, uh, and, uh, and poison I think. So you're not supposed to throw any chemicals in the trash can, toxic chemicals. Okay. Because that can be extremely dangerous. They have to separate these out so that they don't cause problems. Right. So, so you're are supposed these chemicals... to take them to the plant where okay. they recycle them. And a lot of times they were saying these chemicals are, they're so small, like there's such a small amount that you want to give them that they can just take them for free. Oh, okay. Because what they can do is, especially with paint, they'll just take all the latex, latex paints they can They'll mix them together into just one massive bucket. Oh, nice. And then they repackage it. Well, they sell it to, well, give it to Habitat for Humanity, who repackages it, and then sells it to contractors who use it as primer for houses because it's the best primer you can come up with is real paint. They also get a lot of green waste. What they do is they take this in from both the commercial trucks as well as what people will bring in and they grind that up, and then this ground-up green waste, they'll trade for compost. So this composting, it's actually, it's kind of an issue right now. A lot of places are closing down green waste. It's just so expensive. And to, then to run the facility is expensive? Yeah, to run the green waste is kind of expensive. And that's because all their grinders burn down. They, wait, burn down? Yep. Like... Not burn out like the engines give up. They catch on fire. Yes, they catch on fire. So what happens, um, this plant used to have their own grinder. But in the late 90s, somebody was out on Utah Lake shooting fireworks on the 4th oh of July. Gosh. One of them oh. comes into the grinder, catches it on <laughs> no. fire. There goes a quarter of a million dollar machine that was a quarter of a million dollars in the 80s when they bought it. So now oh you're in the 90s. Gosh. It's almost half a million dollars. Oh, my gosh. What's even funnier 
is this is like a continual problem. Oh my gosh. Mountain Timpanogos? Yeah. Their grinder just burned up two or three weeks ago. No. Yeah. No. But that compost they get, so they send these grindings off to a plant now that takes them and they compost them. And the compost they get back, they can sell for about $20 a cubic yard. Okay. And they'll get it back and in less than a week it'll all be gone. Because wow. people take it so quick. Wow. Um, he actually had something interesting to say about like that composting cycle. It came as somebody's garbage again. It came as uh, tree branches and some grass clippings, some uh, uh, trees that they cut down. We'll grind them up, ship them out, compost it, bring it back. Came as somebody's garbage, came out of the ground, goes right back in the ground. So that's one of the best ways to recycle. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's what happens in the forest. They fall over and they fall apart and then they refertilize all the trees that grow there. Yeah. Huh. And I I mean, this was kind of a common cycle because they like they take the paint that people throw away and they mix it up and they send it out. They and that's like they don't just do it with the paint or with like metal or with compost. They actually can do it with concrete too. This is our clean concrete, brick, and rock. So what happens is uh, construction companies, residents that bring in their broken uh, foundations, driveways, uh, sidewalks, uh, brickwork, uh, and rock. And we pile it up here. Uh, when we get enough, and it's going to be soon, maybe this year, we've pressed quite a few times. But we turn it into that three and a quarter minus okay. and to the three quarter minus and we utilize it you here on site instead of going out to Hecate over there and paying for to bring it in we have used probably a hundred thousand ton plus over the years in expanding this place wow so they they crush up the concrete right so they use this to build up their roads They've built up most of the current infrastructure around the plant, minus the warehouses, of course. So this is, I think this was the coolest part. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going to show you. Sweet. There was a company years ago that was uh, into movie sets and stuff, and they had four of them. Two were broke and two weren't, and they were cleaning it out. And I asked him to put them aside, and I set them up against those, and those are our tiki's. Your tiki <laughs> men. Yes, they protect uh, our CND area. <laughs> they so have, they have tiki's set up outside the plant. Yeah, they have two tiki men who are like guarding the path to everything. That's awesome. Ultimately, this is what they said about like what they do. I, another thing that that we I think Mark and I are that that we can't we can't seem to preach enough, but sometimes we, we can't get people to understand is is that we are here for the public. You know, we're here to provide that valuable public service to everybody in in our in our in our district, and uh, we we're glad to do it. We're glad to be here to do it, and uh, we just hope that people can appreciate the service that we provide for them. That's excellent because really everybody needs it. 
Yeah, everybody needs a garbage man or garbage woman. Or garbage woman. Yeah. And and I like they said they're happy to do it. Like it's I mean, it's a critical thing. If all those people that know how to run that just decided that they were tired of it and quit one day, we would have a mess, literally, that we'd have to sift through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, life would go to crap. <laughs> yeah. Our album art was done by Thais Fontanelle. Links to her imager and Instagram account are in the show notes. Go check her out. She does some pretty cool stuff with watercolors. If you've got art skills, well, even if you don't, create your own rendition of our album art and submit it to us. We might use it in a future episode. Also, we're on Twitter at Davis and Cameron. Tweet us that one piece of trash that you treasure. Cameron went to town mixing and editing this episode. Seriously, he was working on it for like 48 hours straight. It's like totally cool. But if you like the episode, we're on iTunes now. Make sure to leave us a review and subscribe. Special thanks to Roger Harper, Mark Moling, Jacob Phipps, and my cousin, Ellie, for working with us on this episode. Thanks for taking the time to listen. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time on The Darnest Things. Things.